Brother Greg uh, this morning confirmed the message. I've been praying, asking God what he wanted. And, of course, I'm ready at any time. I appreciate the service last week. I appreciate the service thus far this week. But uh, you can only get out of the service what you put in the service. The service ain't in me. It ain't in the singers. It ain't in the teachers. It's all in him, amen. We come in one mind, one accord. The Lord will show up and the Lord will bless. How do we have services like we had last week? I believe some people were in one mind and one accord. Now this morning we may be stuffed with turkey and ham so much we can't think straight this morning. But we're here to worship God. Can I get a witness? How many's got your Bibles this morning? Let's hold them up and show the devil what we got. You know, the Bible says he's the power of the air. Hold them up. Don't let them down. He's the power of the air. He moves through the air. You see what we're doing this morning? He starts trying to fly through here or get through here on us. He's going to get cut all to pieces this morning because the word goes cutting to and fro. Amen. And thank God for the word of God. You got your Bibles. Let's stand for the reading of God's word this morning. In Psalms 100, it's where I'm headed this morning. I appreciate the Lord and what he's doing and what he's doing for us. I appreciate his leadership of the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I get these notes out. I'd probably never go by them, but I guess they're like a safety crutch or something to us, like you musicians holding on to a guitar. I hid behind one for years running from God when he wanted me to preach. And I'd stand behind the guitar and preach. And I felt like as long as I held that guitar, I wasn't under responsibility. But God said, it's time to put the guitar down and preach my word. And I'm glad this morning, if you get anything out of this, it'll be because of the Lord, not me. The Bible says in Psalms 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. All ye lands. Serve the Lord with a pooch mouth. That ain't what it says, is it? Serve the Lord with a quiet mouth. I ain't getting no amens. Must not read that way. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with depression and anxiety. No, that ain't what it says. It says, come before his presence with singing. Have we not been doing some singing this morning? We've been following the scriptures, and you didn't even know it. Look at verse 3. Know ye, and how do you know by the word of God? Know ye, that means you, that the Lord, he is who? He is what? It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. I'm glad we ain't got no power over this thing. We ain't doing nothing on our own. It's all Him. We are His people and the sheep of His pastor. Enter into His gates. When you came through the double doors this morning, you entered into the gates this morning. We've entered into the gates with thanksgiving. Well, we've been giving thanks all week. I hope you have been eating and, and enjoying and fellowshipping with family. I hope you've been thankful. But we're doing something else. We're eating spiritual food this morning. We've entered into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts 
With what? Praise. With what? Praise. With what? Praise. That's what I like to hear. With praise. Be thankful unto him. And what? One more time. One more time. Father, as we come to you right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we've entered into your courts, and God, we're about to give you praise and thanks for what you're about to do. God, I pray that you'll move in a mighty way in this place today. Lord, speak through these stammering lips. Help me as your man, Lord, to deliver your word. Hide me behind the shadow of the cross. God, speak to lives today. And God, may we just give you glory for it all. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated. The Bible says, for the Lord is good. I found him to be good. I don't know about you all, but I found him to be real good <laughs> in my life. His mercy is everlasting. There's some teaching out in the world today that his mercy is not everlasting. It's on our merit as long as we can hold on to it and live close enough, do enough, then in the end it'll weigh out and be enough. But I'm going to tell you this morning, you can't do enough, you can't live close enough, you can't be good enough to err the favor of God in any way. I'm glad it only comes to the cross of Calvary of the shed blood of our Savior. You can't, you can't gain it, you can't buy it, you can't do nothing for it but accept it through and by the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And his truth, the Bible says, endureth to all generations. When we're dead and gone, it'll, the word will still stand. And someday, Brother Jason, me and you're going to be gone. If the Lord tarries his coming, me and you're going to go by the way of the grave and we'll be out of here. And there'll be somebody else to take our place. And we're praying that somebody else will pick up the torch and carry it on for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? You know, as we as people of God, we ought to train other people and teach them the word of God through our lives so that they can see our example, pick the torch up and carry it on with us so when we lay down, they can go on with it. I'm praying now that God is already working on one of these young men in this church so that when God calls me out of this life, they can step right up for God and say, I'll carry the torch and go right on for the Lord. That's what you should want for your life is to be that kind of witness. And the Bible says it will endure to all generations. I was blessed this morning while we were singing Looking back there at Brother Ron's grandson back there, all of y'all look like you're staring at a calf at a new gate. And that little grandson back there, he was raising both hands, clapping his hands, smiling from ear to ear. And I was like, I started, me and him started bearing witness with one another and worshiping together. And the, and the youngin don't even know how to walk yet, but he knows how to raise his hand. It will endure to all generations. Amen. Amen. God's word will stand when nothing else will. And when we look into Psalms 100, we see in this chapter that the psalmist is exhorting to praise and to worship and to have a heart and mind of gratitude and thanksgiving. 
You ought to mark this in your Bible. If, if you're a student of the Word of God and you're taking notes this morning, I'm going to throw a lot at you real quick, so you might want to write some of this down. But I'm telling you, we need to be students of the Word of God. We can see right here in this chapter that there's seven commands given to the people of God of things that we need to do as people of God. We can't just go by the Ten Commandments, which we should, but there's 66 books to live by. And all the way down through here, we're given instructions on how to live for God. We see it right here. There's been a lot of debate on, on who wrote Psalms. Uh, King David was uh, contributed to writing uh, most of it, even the Jewish history teaches that Moses wrote uh, Psalms 90 through 100 and then some others after that. And they have argued down through time who all wrote the book of Psalms. But can I tell you this morning that the book of Psalms is like a hymn book to, the, to God's people. It's a hymn book from the Old Testament to us. And we glean from that and we grow from that and we learn from that even today in this generation. Can I get an amen? amen. Boy, if you want to be picked up and you walk with God, all you got to do is flip over to Psalms if you can't find nothing else and usually it'll pick you up if you start reading Psalms. Because you'll hear David talk about things in Psalms. Let me flip over here to... Uh, I believe it is in Psalms 50, I believe it is, that he says, um, yeah, Psalms 47, 1. I believe it is, yeah, Psalms 47, 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Does that sound like the church today? Absolutely not. There's some men that'll teach congregations that you should never say nothing. Be quiet, be reverent, don't clap, don't say anything, be real reverent in the house of God. That's good to a point, but I totally disagree with it. You know why? Because of this verse right here. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Triumph. You know what that means? That you have overcome what you was doomed for, which was hell. Amen. And when you hear the good news, I'd say amen. When I heard the truth, I'd say amen. If I couldn't say amen, I'd start clapping my hands. If I heard something that thrilled my heart, I'd clap my hands. If you can't clap your hands, can't say amen, just stand up. And show the Lord, I'm going to stand for you, Lord. I feel good to stand up. Brother Greg has said a lot of times, stand up if you, if you can. And sit down if you can. And I'm telling you this morning, when you get excited in the Lord, stand up for the Lord. Say amen. Shout a little bit. It might make somebody a little nervous, but they'll get over it. Amen. Well, I just don't worship like you do. You're a little bit fanatical. Well, I'd rather be fanatical for God than a radical for the devil. I mean, Brother Ron will go to a ball game, he'll dress and paint his face and, and just about throw his hat and everything else when Tennessee wins. No, he don't. <laughs> but he loves Tennessee now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this morning, it ain't about a ball game. 
But it's good. It's good to have fun and laugh and enjoy and, and root your team on and be happy when they score a point and then and holler for them, especially when your children's playing ball and doing all that. You get excited and you're happy that for their accomplishments and you ought to be that way. But you ought to think about the Savior and when he went to the cross of Calvary and paid your sin debt, amen. You don't got to go to hell anymore. And when you hear the truth, I'd shout for glory, amen, for what God's done for me. Amen. It's something to get excited about. This day of time anymore, people don't want to get excited about the things of God. I can't hardly hold myself at times. And I'm just like a bottle of pop shook up, ready to take a lid off and spew all over everybody. And everybody looking around going, what's wrong with him? I'll tell you what's wrong. I done been down to the fountain, had my robe washed in the blood of the lamb, got me a drink, amen, and I'm all stirred up for him. That's why I act the way that I do. I like to be filled with the Spirit. I want people to see God on my life. I don't want to be dead and dried up. I don't want to be with the frozen chosen. I want to be there with the happy clappy, amen. It's who I want to be with. Praise the Lord. Well, now you're preaching about emotion and emotionalism and stuff like that. No, I'm not. Let me tell you this morning. If you'll read Psalms and go by the book of Psalms and realize it's about rejoicing and praising Him, you can't help but do it as a child of God. When you got a testimony, I appreciate Sister Freed. I don't mean to point her out this morning, but she's always got a, a word for the Lord. God has always been good to her. God's always blessing her. Why? Because she spends time with God. And when you spend time with God, it'll shake you up inside and you can't wait to tell somebody else about it. We all ought to be that way. Those that are cornerstones of our church, you ought to get close to them. You ought to get where they're at and feel what's going on in their life and let them give you a little instructions in your life and it'll help you understand what Psalms 100 is all about. Number one, we ought to rejoice. If you'll look at verse one, he said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, all ye people, all youans, just put it in country terms, all youans ought to, ought to rejoice for the Lord, amen. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We won't be real quiet and reserved. <laughs> you know what? You ought to get a little undignified sometime. Loosen the tie up. Whatever's got you bound down, turn it loose, amen, and get loose for God. But we see here in the first verse, he talks about rejoicing. Rejoicing means to feel an expression of great joy and happiness. That's what rejoicing is. You've you got to express it, and you've got to tell somebody about it. You just can't hold it in if you've got joy in your life. Can I get a witness, young people? Can I hear from you, amen? Will y'all back me this morning? Scream like you do at a ball game. Amen. Thank you all. Appreciate that. That's the way we ought to do it. He goes on to tell us over in Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, <laughs> it's like I want to remind you again. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's what the Bible says. Don't just think about it. If you think about it, just rejoice again. Praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord twice. It won't be bad. You ain't going to get the colic over it or something. But over in Psalms 118, verse 24, he says, This is the day. 
I don't care if it was raining this morning, the wind's blowing, about to blow them reeves off the doors. Wind's blowing like crazy. This is the day which the Lord hath made, even though the wind's blowing. He said, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because the Lord made this day. I didn't make it. You didn't make it. We didn't do anything to make it happen. The Lord did it. So we're to rejoice in the Lord. Over in the 32nd chapter of Psalms, verse 11, he says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, and ye that are upright in hearts. That means if you're walking with God, there's going to be some sound come out of you. If you ain't got a shout in your life, I think I might do a little bit of research and find out why I can't shout in my life. I'm telling you this morning, we need to rejoice in the Lord. I've said it and said it and said it. This is the quietest world you're ever going to live in. Heaven's not going to be a place where we're floating on clouds, plucking on harps. You've seen them commercials and stuff. Got them on, on clouds and they're pulling on harps and, and we're going to be floating around. And uh, That's Hollywood's version of it. I want to get in the Word of God. John said, I have not seen. He said, I've seen a city whose builder and maker is God. <laughs> he said, you can't comprehend what's over there. Sit down today and try to think about heaven and how good it's going to be and what it might be like. And your brain will just go, and just lock up. Because it's not for us to know at this moment. But you know what he does do? He said, if you'll rejoice, I'll open up the windows of heaven <laughs> and pour out a blessing that you can't hardly contain. Yeah. You ever been in no service? You'd be so overwhelmed in the spirit. I've seen Sister Brenda back there. She'd be so full up that the water start flying out her eyes and her hands fly up in the air. She don't know where she's at. She's just rejoicing in the Lord. That's what the Lord wants. It's called a sacrifice of praise. We're to rejoice. And that's what Psalms 100 is telling us is to rejoice in the Lord. Serve the Lord as a grouch. I met some of the grouchiest Christians lately I've ever met in my life. Well, how you doing today? I ain't doing no good. Ain't nobody recognizing me at the church. I'm working myself to death. That preacher ain't talked about me one time. Never recognizes me from the pulpit, and I'm mad about it. Well, boo-hoo. Are you doing it for him, or are you doing it for him? Amen. We get caught up sometimes in ourselves and it pulls the rejoicing out of our life. And we allow the devil to pull us down. I want to tell you this morning, we can pick ourselves up from there. The second thing is we need to serve. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Be glad to come to church. Don't dread coming to church. You know the people that dread coming to church is the people that are not walking with God. Might as well say, ouch, I had to when he gave it to me. Ouch. And you got to move up to it just a little bit. Man, I love coming to church. 
It's all I can do to beat Brother Bo here. He wants to be here before I do, but we're, we're on a race to get here. Why? Because we're excited to be in the house of God. I want to get down here. I want the lights on. I want the cross on. I want everything working just right. I want the doors unlocked, and I'm excited to see the first person come through the door. And when I see him, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How you doing? I'm so tired I can't go. And I'm all excited and you just took me down a level. I'm like, okay, I'm going over here. And I'll find somebody else to talk to and pick me back up. We need to serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Do y'all realize we're in the presence of God this morning? We have entered the holies of the holy this morning. We are before God right now. You musicians, let me tell you something. When you're playing these instruments, you're playing them for God. You're not playing them for nobody else. I wish I could play this piano like Jamie does, but he's playing it for the Lord. They're playing these instruments for the Lord. They're making a joyful noise unto the Lord, and you're getting to be part of that. And that makes you happy, and that makes you want to serve. How do you serve? The Bible says, come before his presence with singing. I was watching y'all this morning. You didn't know it because the Lord already gave me this message. I wanted to see what was happening. Some of you in singing, some of you in center. It's like, that one's asleep and that one's asleep on his feet. He's about to fall over. But see, before I saw it, the Lord says it. We come into his presence and we want to just sit down. Now bless me if you can. Do we not do that? We don't come to serve. We come to participate in us and what we can get out of it. Who can help me and bless me today and do this for me today? It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us serving the Lord. We're to come into rejoicing. We're entering into his gates with thanksgiving. We're to lift up our hands and bless his name. We're to shout unto the Lord. Why would we shout? Because he's done it all this morning. Amen. That's good. Praise God this morning. Let's all clap. Give the Lord a hand. Don't that feel good? Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. That's what we need this morning. We need to rejoice in the Lord. And I, again, I say rejoice, always rejoice. And in our rejoicing, we serve him. Over in Psalms 2, 11, listen. The Bible says, serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. We don't come humble enough into his presence. We come in as though God owes us something and that he's our buddy and that we just come in and sit down on the couch like we do at mom and dad's and throw our foot up on the table and think everything's all right. It's not good to throw your foot up on the master's table. He don't like it. We're to come humbly before the throne of grace. We're to come and reverence him of who he is. God, you're God. And beside you, there is none other. God, can I lift my hands and bless your name? 
I might say, God, I can't lift my hands this morning. I'm hurting so bad. God, I can pick my voice up and I can rejoice and say how much I love you. I appreciate Brother Alex back there every Sunday morning. I just want to say I'm glad I'm saved. Ain't that good this morning? I'd rather hear that than anything else I know. That's his service. He's serving God that way. That might not mean much to you, but it means everything to the Father. <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. I'm talking about coming into his presence. When you walk through that door, you didn't come into Vickers, you come into the presence of the Almighty. And you might as well be sitting right before him right now. Because what we do in these times, he's keeping a record of it. He's like, I've done everything, and they're not thankful. I've done everything, there's no gratitude. I've done everything, and there's no worship. I've done everything, and there's no rejoicing. I've done everything, and there's no service. I'm telling you this morning, we have got a long way to go to be the people of God we need to be. And we can start with our service to Him. Service is not something that you conjure up, pump up, and make happen. You either got the joy in your heart to rejoice, or you don't. If there's no joy and there's no rejoicing in your heart, then I would look at my life and see what is causing me to be pulled down. It's not about emotionalism. It's not about yelling and throwing your hands all the time and acting wild and doing all. I'm talking about a true worship with God, a true walk with Him where you don't care what anybody else thinks. You ain't thinking about them. All you're concerned about is how you can worship Him. A lot of times we have sit here, and I know we'll sit and we'll look and we'll go, well, Sister Kendra will say something for God. I might. I'm so backwards. But if she'd say something for God, I might do it. You know what the devil will do? He'll jump right on her, discourage her in the presence of God to rob you of your joy. And she don't even know what's going on. That's how the devil works. He knows what it'll take to discourage people. But then she'll decide, you know what? I ain't going to let the devil beat me out. I'm glad I'm saved. God's brought me through a lot. And all of a sudden, the person over here says, oh, she testified. Now I've got to do it. If somebody else will do it, then you need to stop procrastinating, give a sacrifice of praise, and give what God wants you to do. We saw it happen last Sunday. You saw it happen. I watched it move across and around, and back, and forth. If you remember, I stepped plumb back here because I wanted to out of the way and just let God move. And the breeze, the breeze would come by and just chill me all over and make me want to shout. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Solomon said obedience. He talked about obedience was better than sacrifice. I'm afraid we're still into sacrificing. We're sacrificing our service to God. 
In 1 Samuel 12, 24, he says, O fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all of your heart for considering how great a things he hath done for you. I sat down this week at that big table of food. There sat all of my family. They were all there. All that food. And I thought, God, I am so unworthy of this. I know families right now that's lost loved ones in the funeral home. They're going through grief. They're going through sickness. Everything's happening. Their lives are upside down. And here I sit with all this blessing. God, help me not to be unthankful, but to give thanks. Have you give thanks for what God did for you this week? I didn't have just one Thanksgiving meal. I had three of them. And it was the same way every time, just blessing after blessing after blessing. So you know what? The least that I can do before you all this morning is say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. Let me give you a sacrifice of praise and lift my hands, God, while I can and I'm able. I want to lift my hands and bless your name. That's the least that I can do. I don't care how backward you are. I don't care if you hold a position or you don't do nothing in this church. The best thing you can do is give him a sacrifice of praise. Yes, Lord, I'll raise my hand for you. Yes, Lord, I'll say amen. Yes, Lord, I'll clap my hands. God, I'll praise you if you'll let me, God. That's the least that we can do. Amen. I'm talking about how to have a relationship with God and a heart of thanksgiving instead of coming and waiting on somebody else. I know a lot of you work and a lot of you have obligations and we're not having any Sunday night service this week because of Thanksgiving. We want you to be with your families. But I'll tell you some of the most special services this church ever has is Sunday nights. Our Sunday night services are different than anything that you can experience a lot of times. I don't know what it is about Sunday nights, but people come They've put everything off and it's like they've pushed through all the stuff and I'm going to worship tonight. I'm done with all that. I'm going to worship God tonight. And we come in here and God just shows up. Ain't nothing we're doing different. I mean, it's just the Lord showing up. That's all it is. And he wants to do that in each and every one of your all's lives. If you could just grasp it in your life and say, yes, God, I understand what you're trying to do. For five years, I've been trying to get this church to a place of worship where you come in and, and you don't worry about anybody else. You just, I just want to worship. I've tried to make everybody here feel comfortable. If you've got some kind of talent, you can come in and sing. You can come in and worship. You can come in and be a part. We don't have a program. We don't have schedules. We don't do all these things. We try to listen to God and obey God. Let God be God and everything else be what it is. But we want Him to be number one. And we want you to be a part of that. 
People come to me and say, well, pastor, give me something to do. Well, the first thing you need to do is learn how to worship. That's where I'm going to start from now on. When somebody comes to me and says, I want to do something in the church, I said, okay, next Sunday, I want to see you worshiping for God. Do something for God. Instead of being quiet, say, praise God, I'm glad I'm saved. If you ain't never testified in your life, next Sunday's your time. Stand up and say, I just want to say, I'm glad I'm saved, and sit down. Amen. The devil will say, Earl thought you looked like a fool. He will, that's what will happen. And you'll even think that Earl thought that. Because you don't realize he'll probably be the biggest cheerleader you got. <laughs> because the deacons and I love to see you worship. There's nothing worse than being in a place trying to work for God. And you're so excited about everything. You'll say, praise the Lord! And there's nothing. So what I'm going to start doing is let you all come up here and I'm going to go back there. <laughs> and once you all look at me back here and you up there, you'll realize what this is all about. It's all about him, guys. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I am trying to get you out of your comfort zone. You young people, I'm trying to push you because you're at a threshold of your life right now. Your whole lives are about to change. How many's in high school getting ready to graduate this upcoming year? You, in, you, you senior yet? This year? Coming up? And next year? You're about to graduate. Your whole life's about to turn upside down. Can I get a witness, Emily? <laughs> she said, boy, if they only know what's about to happen, they'd really get with it. She's learned that when she got out of high school. And so what, you know, they need to be learning and doing, they need to see you worshiping. Because they're going to need to know that when they get out of high school. Because guess what? There ain't nobody getting them up no more. There ain't no more schedules to keep. Everything's on them. They got to get to class on time. They got to do it on time. They got to make all their own decisions. And they're going to say, wait a minute. Somebody tell me what to do. But it's all over with. Welcome to adulthood. We're about to get into it heavy. Then you fall in love and you want to get married. You get all goo-goo-eyed about a girl or about a boy. And you go and get married. Next thing you want to do, you want to get a house and do all these things. And you wake up one morning and you're in debt up to here. You don't know where you're headed. And all of a sudden she tells you that uh, you all are expecting. Now a baby's coming. Your whole life is upside down. You'll say, I wish I'd have started worshiping in church. <laughs> Shout it, brother. Hallelujah. You say, does that have anything to do with it? It has everything to do with it. Life is a tailspin. And all that matters <laughs> is you keep him first. Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You'll figure it out. We all did. All you that are married, can I get an Amen. You'll figure it out. There ain't no rule book or thing to go by. It just happens. And you're like, yep, here we go. But I'm telling you, we need to have a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude for what God's done. We need to worship and praise him and serve him. I got five other points, but God just said stop. So I'm going to stop right there. I may continue it another time. Worship, praise him, and serve him. I want you to think about that this week.
You'll never go anywhere for God until you do these things in your life.